Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Timberwolves basketball. Well, you know, just a couple hours after we did a show last, what was that, Wednesday, I believe, the Timberwolves made a trade for Mike Conley. Obviously, D'Lo Conley, Swaparoo. There were some, uh, you know, additional picks there that we'll talk about. So we'll definitely lead talking about the trade. It's not really a shocker. It had been between him and uh, Nasri. Those are the two that really were talked about pretty much the whole year. Um, so it's not a shocker. And then there was about three or four names, uh, you know, that was in the market for D'Lo as far, for a while. So the, the, the name's not really a shocker either. We'll talk about how it fits and what it means for next year because they do hang on to that salary where if, you know, if D'Lo would have left and walked, we wouldn't have got anything of it, lose that salary. So we'll talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> of course, we'll talk about um, the Utah and Memphis game since we last spoke, kind of a combination of, wait a second, what? You know, we we, we are going to have some adjustment now, um, which, you know, we already had to adjust earlier this year. We're still trying to adjust to a new lineup, but with Cat coming back and, and now a new point guard, it'll be interesting to see how this stuff goes through. But with the break right around the corner, Dallas in about 45 minutes, uh, the tip is, so it'll be interesting to see how they close these last two games with that much-needed break. We'll talk about a variety of stuff, though, okay, um, on the show tonight. And I did hear uh, some folks, I got a message saying, hey, you haven't talked about the Gophers. Next week, we're going to have a large segment on the Gophers. To be fair, the last few games before the Iowa game, they did just get destroyed over and over again. They've been dealing with some injuries, playing a lot of young players. But I like their effort. Their effort against Iowa was a lot better and looked a lot more like the regular season uh, before the last like three games where they got blown out. So we don't we're not forgetting about the Gophers, but um, you know yeah they got beat they got blown out okay move on you know that type of thing. But we will discuss them next week uh, with a little bit more detail. If this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, it streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this year Timberwolves slash Gophers Minnesota basketball podcast in a variety of ways um, under the Ropeadope Radio platform on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast, TuneIn, a variety of other places too. We have uh, a Living in Loserville uh, Spricker page. We are also available on Spotify as well. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment and sports, uh, starting with 75 live channels. For a limited time, you can save $120 over the first year when you get any package plus buy the Direct TV excuse me, buy a DirecTV streaming device. Sign up now. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn about how to get the premier channels, including the first three months with uh, qualifying packages. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. So we're doing a show, you know, talking it up, 
wondering if something was going to happen. And then a few hours later, next thing you know, bam, the draft goes through. Or I mean the draft. <laughs> the trade goes through. We got lucky a, a couple years ago doing a Viking show uh, and catching the digs live. So we got to react to it live. But not a big, big shocker. We weren't 100% sure what was going to go on. Obviously, when they haven't extended him, that was kind of, uh, you know, we really don't know if it was they couldn't, you know, line up as far as what they want, you know, what he wants per year. Or maybe it was an extra year or two that he wanted, maybe a couple more years of longevity, and we only wanted to give him two years. We really don't know. We'll get a better view of what he was looking for uh, after this season, whether he hits the free agency or, you know, blows up with the Lakers even more. Maybe they extend it. We'll, we'll see about that. But kind of funny how that worked. But the trade is official now as we know it, sir. Yeah, it is. I mean, I went downstairs. I diddled around for a little bit. And then I looked at my phone and I was like, huh, isn't that great timing? I texted you. It was like, all right, we're a little bit early on that one. But, um, you know, we did discuss a little bit about who was possibly going to get traded and we mentioned Nas and, and D'Angelo and, you know, I really didn't know because they had kept it so quiet up until what, maybe 24 hours before the trade went through, you started hearing things bouncing around. And, um, so I wasn't, you know, really waiting for a trade. I thought they might hang on to Russell and, you know, let it go from there, but nope, uh, made the trade. I think all three teams benefited for what they wanted. Uh, and you know, I like Connolly. I like the direction we're going now. I think we're moving to kind of giving Ant the reins here officially. He's kind of had the reins for most of the season uh, with Cat's absence. And so I, I like that. Um, a little negative about the age of Connolly, but like I said, he's more of a transition player, probably moving from one point guard. But I think he fits kind of w- the direction of point guard that you and I discussed a little bit about, oh, what do we want to do? We want a combo guy? Do we want a, a pure point guard? Um, what do we see next to Ant and uh, when Cat returns? And I, I like the decision. I think uh, the pure point guard is probably the way to go because Ant is a scorer, and so you need to take you know a, a little bit of that facilitating responsibility, if not all of it, off of his shoulders and allow him to uh, get free with the basketball and uh, score buckets. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the names that stood out. Lowry being 37, I was kind of turned off on that one. Both of them, I think multiple guys that we talked about did have a salary slot available next year, too, which, like I mentioned, that's pretty big. Um, it does, you know, D'Angelo never, it never really felt like ever since we got Edwards, and even in this system, we, we documented that well, and even when we got Rudy, they said they were going to activate him, and and they weren't running a ton of plays for him. Now, when Cap went down, he definitely, December, January, and of late, he's been activated. And we wouldn't have won as many games, you know, without him, no doubt about it. But um, so in the short term, it makes a lot of sense. Is this short to mid? That's what we'll, we'll have to see. Like you said, the age 35, he is 35 for the rest of the year. So 35, 36, he's got a year left on his contract. It's kind of strange, too, because that becomes an asset in general, whether he has a year to kind of audition as the, the role right now, uh, whether J-Mac or Noel or one of the other guys that we mentioned grabs the role over this year as well, and, and that gets increased. 
Um, yeah, the age 35 is kind of like, man, 35, 36, I think he's good to go. Once you hit the 37, 38, that, you know, I don't know. But it is not a, it's not a fully guaranteed uh, next year until after this the draft in June. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen in general, but it does keep that asset around. So it, it kind of had to happen. Like you said, the, the point guard stuff as far as true point guard, still a good shooter, though. Um, in, in an asset, you know, down the line per se. But I, I, the difference is, I'd say he can um, he penetrates a little deeper into the post, into the lane. Um, he's got a floater game. He's got some mid range game too, no doubt about that. Like I said, he's I think he's a career thirty eight percent or thirty seven percent from a three, so he can definitely shoot. But I I notice he's a little faster, obviously, than D'Lo. Uh, even in his old age, he's still a little, you know, fleet of foot more than D'Lo. Not that tough because we know he had, you know, slow feet. But he gets a little deeper in the lane. And, and I could even see in game one him getting right around the elbow, maybe even deeper, and then passing quickly uh, to the corner three. So I thought, okay, well, that's something that we don't always do. And, and we don't always have a driver. You know, like you said, Ant does drive. Noel does drive. But they don't pass as much. We've seen the growth in Ant as far as a facilitator, and that's something that allows him to, to do that. But like you said, it helps Ant, uh, you know, and it, and it is a, a true point guard to settle things down when we knew it, need it. He's got a lot. He's got like 70 playoff games, so that help helps a lot. And it does allow more minutes when McLaughlin and even Noel are cooking. You know, that is something, too. You know, and so he won't – I think he played right around 30 minutes, I think like 29 minutes per game so far this year. You don't really want him playing that much more than that. So it does allow, um, you know, that to happen, have J-Mac get more minutes now that he's back. And obviously the connection that he has with Rudy, that'll click and we'll be able to do plays that they've already done for years. I think that helps. And we may even lead into that bench stuff that we did with D'Lo last year and to close the year before where he goes out a little bit early in the first quarter, comes back with a second unit, and maybe him and Rudy, uh, you know, can be in that second unit as well for a little bit and, and take advantage there. So overall, it does make sense. Like I said, mid to long term, especially long term, you didn't really see D'Lo part of that anyway. Um, the fact that they got three uh, second rounders, uh, helps. We saw someone get traded for four, like a solid player get traded for four. Was it four or five second rounders? So you can kind of tweak that, including the second rounds that you have, and maybe get, you know, into late first off of that. Um, so, yeah, I like to trade overall. It is one of the guys that, you know, were rumored pretty heavy, and I thought that would work, that would be okay. And like I said, Noel and, and, and J-Mac will probably get more minutes off of that because they're young. And, and, and a lot of coaches, including Finch, when a lineup's working, why not let them cook? And so I think that plays into it as well. You know, Conley's not going to have to play 34, 36 minutes, and we're going to have to rely on him solely, especially when – Tack gets back because that's where the other scoring, you know, these next two to maybe three, four, five games, it kind of matters when Cat comes back. It's going to be interesting to see um, who picks up that slack for scoring 
because Ant's doing about as much as he can right now. Yeah, the you know the feel of the squad is going to change, I think, pretty dramatically. Um, just with having Connolly his presence as far as how he uh, plays the floor. I think in transition, you're going to get out a little quicker, like you said. I think uh, his drive and dish game is going to be a little bit more on point than D'Lo because D'Lo doesn't, you know, he, at times he would get into the lane, but uh, not with the consistency that we expect Connolly to. And then, you know, he has to, as a true point guard, you have to get the best out of everybody, which might allow the ball to be spread a little bit more and you're not looking for scoring so much from that position where he can kind of learn everybody's sweet spot, get them in that spot. And, you know, that's what cat, when he comes back, you know, I see Connolly as this sort of maybe a, a guy that is a glue guy or a gel guy that can kind of round out the, uh, the rough edges of uh, some of these players, because like you said, with Gobert, uh, they have some familiarity, and he kind of knows how to utilize him a little better, I think, than D'Lo, just from familiarity. And then guys like Noel, uh, Luca, um, Nas, those type of guys, he's going to know how to get them the ball in the right place to make them uh, more productive. And then with stars like Ant, you know, get him the ball where he needs it, uh, back off an ISO, do the things that he has to do. Uh, defensively is kind of the thing where – you know, he's still quick, Connolly, but he's getting old. At 35, you're going to want – now, Dilo wasn't, you know, an all-star on defense, so it's, you know, it's a little like six of one, half dozen of the other. But you want – also, you know, Connolly knows uh, what – or how to play defense with Rudy back there. And that's something I think the whole team is learning. I mean, the whole team is learning a lot right now. It's unfortunate that this happened, I guess, in midseason because you'd like to have a training camp now with the way things are going to change and you don't want to fall too far behind in the West. But I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's uh, one step backward, two steps forward. Hopefully that's the way it goes. Uh, I like the direction, like I said earlier, and it's going to take some time, you know, to get everybody's familiar with each other and the new kind of way you play. Because I think we're going to probably, Chris, see a lot less transition, a lot more half-court game, which kind of, you know, is uh, good for playoff basketball. You've got to be good in the half-court and in your sets to get in and out of them defensively and offensively. And I think that's what you're going to see more as we gel in with the Connolly uh, style, as opposed to what uh, Russell was bringing. Yeah. Like you said, defensively as a career defender, Connolly's better, but at age 34 and, or 35, and, and I got to admit, I haven't been watching a lot of Utah, Utah games lately. I can't sit there and say that he's going to be strong at it. Like he used to be, um, but, you know, even though D'Lo in the last two years definitely showed a lot more on defense than he had in his career, um, it's still, yeah, it, it, there's not a huge drop-off. And even when it comes to that, and, and in some defenses he may be better, maybe not, you know, the high wall and that scramble defense definitely fit D'Lo a lot better. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works. That'll be that'll be definitely interesting. Um, and, I don't know. Like overall, it, it just seems like, and I remember you actually talking about how you want a younger point guard to develop over the next couple of years, and maybe, you know, we'll we'll do that now, whether it's this year draft, next year, maybe that's what we'll 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 acquire. Who knows? You know, or like I said, the you know, maybe J Mac actually does earn the starter job after a year or two, or who knows? You know, maybe we do, you know, 
lean all the way into that big lineup we talked about uh, last week as well, which a lot of the press are talking about. So either way, um, I, I do like the move. If you're going to have to make the move, which you're going to have to without the extension, there's no point in letting that money go and letting them just walk. So all in all, I am happy with it, especially with those three second rounders. That does help. And, you know, the, the head man in charge is really good at those little, um, you know, little corners, little nooks and crannies in the second round or late first. Um, speaking of some games recently, we did have Utah and Memphis. We, we lost to Memphis, beat Utah. You know, the Utah game was funky because players were missing, you know, due to the trade on both sides. It is kind of funny how I was at work and the Lakers game was on, and I'm seeing D'Lo, Vando, and Beasley all sitting by each other on that bench. And obviously, Pat Bev got moved right away uh, last year, and now he's moved again. He's going to have a buyout. But um, everyone we basically traded, as far as the, the people that were on last year's team, have now moved on. So there was a lot of talk about how could you let those players go, and they're going to blossom. It's like, well... It's all about fit too. So let's not let's calm down. And I think the it's a win win, like you said, for everyone. I think that actually helps the Lakers. I think he fits a lot better next to LeBron and them as far as being able to be like, Hey, for the next eight minutes let me you know, let you'd go do your thing, dude. Let me get some rest, let me get off the ball. And they've been needing that and Westbrook can drive still and dish, but you know, he can't shoot. Uh, and he hasn't for a long, you know, his whole career, basically. So I think it's a good blend that way. But as far as the Utah game, we did see Noel get a start. He had a career-high 30 points. He was 6-9 from 3, 11-16 uh, overall, and added 31 points. Had eight assists and only one turnover. He was 4-9 from 3 as well. Um, we had uh, Luca going for like a career high, 23 or 25, something like that. Overall, the Wolves shot great, 23 of 43, 53% from three, and, and they shot 57 from the field. They've been, they're getting better from three in the last maybe few weeks. Uh, they're not as strong as they were last year, but, you know, we had a different makeup, and we took the most threes or second most threes in the league last year when we were kind of hoping, you know, let's not keep just – jacket as many threes but uh you know it was a different lineup so a win is a win though you know if anyone's in the top 10 top 12 a win is a win so we'll take it um but yeah that was kind of a funky game and we did talk about well we're not sure who's going to be playing on either side against utah and sure enough um that was the case because the trade yeah i mean that's it was kind of like a, um, it was kind of fun game to watch because it just was all over the place and everybody had moved and you trying to both teams trying to settle into new things and you know kind of you know, I, I guess I don't really know how to describe it besides just kind of chaotic type of thing and um, and you get the win so that's important and Chris I had a thought uh, while we were talking before we move on to the Memphis game um, maybe I'm a bit clairvoyant I don't know but I can see. Uh, quickly I'll just put this up because I think it's more of a talker but we'll just leave it at a short little thing is what if we get uh move Connolly back to Memphis and get Tyus back home again then you get the young point guard you got a chip to move with Connolly Connolly seems like he wants to go back to Memphis from what he was talking about so I don't know I just that's what popped into my brain I thought I'd run it by you to see what you think quickly and 
and then uh, talk about the Memphis game because I mean that was another game, Chris, where I think even Connolly said himself that um, you know he was just kind of out there. He didn't really know what was going on. He's just kind of using his basketball sense to to get through the game and uh, try to figure out a few things about a few players as he was going, but obviously wasn't comfortable and really didn't have a general idea of of who he was out there with. Um, I mean, you're talking about like in the off season, obviously, like maybe before the draft or just in the off season to do that trade. Yeah, I would think in the off season, obviously, those wouldn't be the only two parts. I think because I don't know one, Tyus's age is Tyus's age is so much less than Connell. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if they'd want to do that. They just gave him a new deal too. So I don't know if they'd want to do that if the Memphis Maybe some sort of sign and trade. I don't know. It just popped in my head uh, because I was thinking when you brought up the young point guard, I was like, oh, yeah, well, they maybe get Tyus and then Tyus is in Memphis and blah, 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 on down that line. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure not long ago he just re-upped. So, I mean, that, that you know, I think he's under contract uh, for next year as well. Um, it is – it would have to be a player and something – because uh, Conley makes more money than him. But, yeah, I mean, that would be a great fit. I just don't know if they want to get rid of him, you know what I mean, for an older guy. Uh, but, yeah, it's something to think about. But, yeah, I'm not sure that would work because they would be Tyus and then something else for Conley who, you know, would be turning 36 next year. So, speaking of that Utah game, though, a real youngster who looked good, you know, in the uh, summer league, and then has looked good in the G League. Age twenty, Josh Minot, swingman, uh, six eight, had twelve points, eleven boards off the bench. Yeah, we're not freaking out about it. Like, man, he's ready to be in the starting lineup or anything like that. But it's a second rounder. Um, I, you know, I liked him out of the draft as far as potential. Um, he definitely was doing his thing, like I said, in summer league, which can be very misleading, but also can show you something and. He's been dominating where they have him, so that was kind of fun for him to get some run, too, speaking of all those young players. And I could see him being a backup small forward at some point because that guy is long and lanky, and he'll get he'll freaking work for a rebound. And, uh, yeah, I like that. On to the Memphis, though, they had a pretty good start. Like I said, I saw Conley driving early, and I think within the first few minutes he had fed the uh, corner three like three times. So that's something we got to keep an eye on. Noel went off again, came off the bench for 21 points. He was 3 of 7 and 9 of 6 overall from the field. So he's been shooting really well. McDaniels, you know, they put Jaw on McDaniels, and, and McDaniels kind of had just a rough shooting from the field. He was 2 of 10, uh, you know, so that didn't help. Memphis, I think, had five or six guys. Uh, in double figures, Jaw went for 32, 9, and 9. He, he was actually hitting threes. Came down to free throws as well, 27 attempts to 12 attempts. That was really kind of a head-scratcher. Ant had a pretty mediocre game for Ant standards. Uh, he was 8-19, and 19, which isn't that bad, but he only put up 17 points. Had five assists. He's been cutting down on his turbo, turnovers the last couple games, but didn't get to the free throw line. Um, so they had a good start, mediocre, uh, like start to the, to the, to the second. And that second was just bad, 38 to 26. And even in the fourth quarter, 25 to 21, just not enough points in general. The defense got a little bit better in the second half, but, uh, it was really that second quarter that they just got the lead on them and never quite looked back. Um, so 
kind of a just a mediocre second and third quarter, really. It, it was kind of ugly that way. The game was pretty much out of reach. Um, kind of a not a stinker because, like I said, I, I think they started well, but just uh, didn't have enough glue together, and we weren't hitting the shots we needed to hit. And like I said, twelve attempts to twenty-seven on the free throw is that's pretty bad. It's kind of bad because you know we I think with the, with Russell we had kind of figured out Memphis to some degree, uh, judging from the last time we played them, um, and they managed to get the win fairly convincingly. I thought it might have been one of their better games of the year. Um, but now you shake things up a little bit, and Connolly, you know, I, I just you gotta gotta give him a a free pass on this one because he's just fresh and new, didn't know, you know, anybody he's running with, and you know that's gonna change. Um, but you know, it's a different dynamic now. I think uh, in the front court, and can Connolly, you know, put up thirty if he has to? I I don't know if, if he's capable of that, and um. Yeah, I'm sure he is if he's not guarded, but you know, if someone they guard him, he's gonna have a hard time doing that. And so, um, all in all, Chris, I mean, the last four, two and two, it's not a terrible. You know, we were thinking maybe, you know, three and one we could get out of that, or but I think two and two is pretty respectable for that stretch, cause particularly under the circumstances. And but I mean, the West keeps getting, keeps going and keeps going. You can't afford to be dropping games that. That you, that you should win or that, uh, you normally would win. But like I said, it's probably the, the two steps forward, one step back thing and, you know, hope to just get in somehow. Maybe the play in or something is where we're at. Yeah. I mean, I don't look too deep into that game as far as, you know, I mean, they're, they're one of the better teams. They've been struggling uh, of late somewhat, but they're still, that just shows you how, you know, ahead of the pack they were early in the season. So, because they're still lingering right there near the top. So, whereas like New Orleans had a, a, you know, a losing streak. Now they're starting to get it back. Zion, Zion had a little, speaking of the West in general, after the trade deadline, you know, Zion had a setback on his hamstring. So it looks like it's going to be longer now for him to come back. They've been struggling with him overall. Obviously Durant, now, they lost some quality players. I mean, if you look at some people are kind of lining up that Durant and Gobert trade, and it's like, dude, Bridges is by far the best player out of anyone we traded or they traded. I mean, that, that's ridiculous right there. But either way, Durant's there. Now, they're going to have to figure it out too, but they have like kind of a big four now to include Aiton and some good role players. They're obviously going to have to – Akogi's one of their role players now. They're going to have to just get – you know, just just glue type guys. So who knows how long that's going to take? But talent for talent, that's pretty disgusting. We we mentioned Lakers; they got to get on a wing streak, but they're better now, that's for sure. And and obviously Dallas, we're playing in a little bit. I add Kyrie um, offensively; they're going to be a handful now. I mean, we'll see how that fits ultimately because Luca is so ball heavy. Um, but LeBron is pretty ball heavy too, and he, you know, both those guys passed. So now, last year especially, Dallas had kind of turned around their defense. And if you look at the the trades they made, it was a bunch of like solid role players. They they let Brunson go to New York, who's basically an All Star level guy. That was a mistake. But they got Kyrie now, so their defense is going to struggle. But man, it's like you're going to have to put up a buck twenty five, buck thirty, buck thirty five to beat them especially when they get going. Um, so like you said, I mean, it, it's going to be tough, dude. And 
and you know, it's not ideal to have Cat missing what is probably going to be about 40 games. Uh, it matters when he comes back. He has been doing uh, little workouts and drills before games, so hopefully that means he's coming back, you know, quicker than we – or not quicker than we assume. We know it's going to be after the break, but, you know, there are some games where you're like, okay, well, how how close after the break are we talking about? You know, because that, that does matter, and, and we'll get to, you know, know – a little bit more about that as, you know, time goes by. But if you think about it, um, so obviously we play Dallas in a little bit, get two days off, play Washington, which is a must win at home. And then we don't have a game until the following Friday. So that's literally a full week without a game. Now you could say, you know, um, Ant's going to, you know, have like a little warm-up practice and then play probably 20 minutes of the game, but it's not going to be that crazy. You know what I mean? So we're going to get the rest we really need off of that crazy schedule we've talked about the last two weeks. And and then some practice time too. The last maybe two, three games before that game, I think we're going to have some good practice time. And even having these two days of practice time, Conley, he said, you know, it's not necessarily the system per se. Like you were mentioning, it's about – finding out where everybody's going to be, their hot spots, whether they like the ball, yada, 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 but also just terminology. But when you look at it, we come back that Friday, uh, February 24th, after the break, Charlotte, pretty much a what must win because then we have four road games and five tough games in general at Golden State, at Lakers, or at Clippers, Lakers, Sacramento, and then Philly at home. You know, at least by March 3rd, that Lakers game, let's hope he's back by then because then you're looking at like 19 or 20 games. So you're breaking in a new point guard who, given he's been in the league for a while, at least he has a connection with Rudy. Uh, and he's always been a solid head player. But then you're bringing back Cat in probably more of a stretch forward that we actually didn't lean into earlier in the year, kind of tweaking it. Like you said, dude, even a three – we already said there's no more three, four, four or five game losing streaks. But now, you know, it's not ideal to have Cat out that long. But now it's really not ideal to have him come back as a stretch for still trying to figure that out, him and Rudy. And then a new point guard. I mean, it it kind of, like to get fifth or sixth place, I would be really impressed this year if they were managed to do that because it's, I mean, there's two waves of, ga- uh, of streams of uh, strings of games that are going to be super tough. And if we can go two and two, shit, even two out of three, like we mentioned, that those five games I mentioned, it does make it tough. And like you said, it, it, it's hard not to feel like we're probably going to be in that playing scenario again. Which you know, I guess looking at it half full, the glass, Aaron. I mean. If we end up near the spot we did, we're still we we've been in the playoff hunt anywhere from five to ten for a while now, and that's without cat. So we got to think about it just overall. Like, hey, this whole thing's not ideal, man. If they could still just make the playoffs, get in and make some noise, then you know, like you said, having a full camp, having an off season, maybe making a couple tweaks, we'd be ready to go and rolling for next year. But the whole situation this year is just it's just not. It's just kind of like, you know, this and that and that and this, like whack-a-mole, you know, and with Cat being out for the 40 games and then, you know, you're trying to bring him in now and then integrate this point guard. 
and you know the West is surging. Teams are going to get better. Now you're right. Some other teams that made trades had to figure that out, but the talent differential there and what they got, like I think Durant will pick things up pretty quick. And if not, he can definitely just be someone there to to help out while the other guys are, are getting used to it. And you know, Kyrie it depends on how you know invested he is, but I'm assuming it's a new team, so at least for this rest of this season, he's going to be yeah, someone invested. For a while, right. right. <laughs> And then, you know, and him and Luca together at their best could be just nasty. So I, you know, it's hard to really tell how it's going to go, but for the Wolves, it's really hard to tell because, you know, you'd like to think almost best case scenario it's playing because of just the new parts and, and the gelling and everything going like that. But then you can think, well, you know, things go incredibly well. You could go on a nice little run and, and kind of get back up into the, uh, at least the middle part of the top part of the West and, um, that's what you hope for, but, and then it could go, you know, the wheels could come off too, and cat could go down with something. And so it's could go maybe three directions. And I guess, like you said, you know, cup half full, you want to think that's the playing game. And obviously you'll probably end up playing the Lakers or somebody like that. And it'll be a tough matchup, but, um, I look, it's hard to tell, you know, what you would have done with Russell. I think obviously you'd have continuity. And you'd have, you know, the ability to come down the stretch. You might be able to win a few, maybe a game or two more, but I don't think you're going to lose much as long as, like you said, Cat can come back. And you get those practice days during the break. Um, they're going to be vital. And hopefully they they are due dividends for us because uh, we're going to need to be gelled up a little bit more. This West is tough. It's got better. Everything's, you know, working its way uh, into just a vicious cycle again, like, you know, everybody just crowds the West, Chris. It's pretty incredible. I mean, put us in the East, we're probably top four, top five team. And if we get, if we can muscle 46 wins again out of this season, I'll be very impressed. And, uh, like you said, get into the off season and get everybody together and get this vision kind of set. At least, you know, it's not the usual Timberwolves, you know, tear it down, start it over. Um, yeah. but it is going to require an adjustment. It's just how do they handle the adjustment? You want to say, well, they're pros and they can do it, but this is the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, you know, let's hope that uh, because, you know, I guess, Chris, if they really come together and Cat comes back, this, you know, they could be just as tough as anybody. It's just, will they do it? And, you know, all these, it's almost like these pieces have to line into place and everything, you know, otherwise you're just going to be a plan. But, you know, optimistically, the talent is there. You could go on a yeah. run and rise up the standings. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just that sixth spot is just fine with me. You know what I mean? Just just to stay out of the – well, even if we get the seventh, you saw how much energy we had to put into that Clipper game um, just to win it and to stay out of, you know, having to play again. And, and if we lose, we're out of it. And to have the whole season go by and it just drop off a, a loss or two losses, that is – that would that would suck, but it is what it is. It definitely helps the league as far as making it more interesting for those teams down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, if they can get the sixth spot, like I said, that would be it's it's doable. But yeah, there's just so many what ifs now. And, you know, we kind of already went over the hump. We had a great January, pretty good February so far, and we did move up as as far as. I think we even got to fourth one time, but for sure fifth and sixth. We've been up there with, man, if we won that game, we would have been third or fourth. or you know. So 
we, we basically just got to put our head in the sand and, and, and just not worry about the that type of stuff right now. You know what I mean? As funny as it sounds. Um, I did want to talk about two things. Obviously, Ant, we knew there was a replacement. There actually was two replacement spots. And so we were wondering, huh, I wonder if Fox or Ant, well, both of them got in. So that that's pretty cool. You know, as a young guy, I think he has like a, I think Ant has something like a kicker if he makes the all-star um, game this year that or in his contract. Once he makes it, they'll, they'll make his own shoe or something like that. So that's pretty cool. And just in general, he, he clearly, he's trying to play it off and say, hey, as long, you know, I, I feel like he, he means it when he says, you know, as long as my team make the playoffs, I'm good. And he also said, hey, I didn't have a great start to the season. Part of that was, you know, how much weight he had put on as far as muscle mass and all that. That kind of slowed him down, and, and now he's back at his ideal weight. So I, I think he, deep down, though, you know, seeing the celebration once they announced it at practice, it is pretty cool for him to go through that experience. And like I said, you, you have a you know one practice. I mean, I don't want him in the three-point contest and this and that. I don't want him to get worn out or anything like that, you know, going through all this process. Just having a nice little practice playing with all these, you know, all these great players, get some advice, get some talking to, some sit-downs and whatnot. I think that's really cool. And then he even says, like Ant, I'm going to get in that game. I saw Westbrook when he was young get in that game, and they didn't take him out. He won the MVP. So I'm going to put up some shots. I'm going to put up every shot I can. So that, that was pretty cool. And also I wanted to revisit – uh, Noel, we talked about how, man, we really need him to, to glue as the sixth man. We know he's capable of it. We know he has skills. We know he's an all-around better player than Beasley. Um, but until he does what he does, Beasley's going to look like the better player right now because he we know what he brings. But lately, um, there was a 14-point game, then a couple eh, but then a 16-point game where uh, – he was 6-10 from the field, 30-point game we talked about, and turned right around and had a 21-point game, 9-6. So um, he's starting to come around with that. And like we said, this not just J-Mac, but Noel's too is going to get more minutes with an older 35-year-old Conley. So I think uh, those two are, are some bright spots because it has been a little rough for Conley of late. The last 10, he's shooting 36% um, from three. And then 49%, 49.4 from the field. So that's been really good because he's still not at 30% since he had such a, as far as from three, since he had such a, a rough start to the season. So it is good to see the guy who's like, I mean, the dude's like 23 or something like that. You know what I mean? He's a really youngster that we got so much young talent that still needs to uh, develop fully. But it is nice to see that. And then, like I said, your thoughts on Ant making it because deep down inside, you know it's a big deal for a guy like that. So I am very happy for him. It is a big deal. And we talked a little bit about last week about how we were going to, you know, that he when he didn't make it, we're like, okay, well, this is – it's a timing thing. And if you're going to make an all-star, he's kind of like yeah, your training wheels for the all-stars. You know, he's like getting the replacement. And uh, so he made it, but, you know, technically – you know, he's kind of paying his dues in there. And like you said, getting around other guys in that position and uh, learning this and that, uh, talking and uh, figuring it out and maybe, you know, get himself an, an MVP or something there 
would be cool, but you know, like you said, you don't want him playing 40 minutes or anything like that. You just get him in and out, and you know, if he if he lights it up, he lights it up. He's an exciting player to watch, and maybe that's good for the rest of the country to see um, just how what a great player he is um, and how talented he is. And speaking of talented, I mean, Noel as well is a talented player, and I didn't realize he was that young, Chris. I thought he was a little bit older, but um, you know, he's different than Beasley. He's a scorer. Uh, he, he gets to the rim a little bit more than Beasley. Beasley just likes a chuck, man. He'll chuck from three. We talked about that all last year. This is, or this guy just you know, chuck it away. Um, but it's like hot potato, but he's really shooting a three. Yeah, and Noel gets to the gets to the rim in mid range as well. Uh, not as many threes as Beasley, but I think a better overall player and a little more exciting. Really good around the basket. Um, and ready. He's picked it up a little bit. Uh, lately, and with Conley, I think that'll be a, a different thing too. But he'll be with McLaughlin a lot off the bench. But um, Noel comes in for a spot score just about any time, so that's kind of his role. I think is a bit of instant offense. Um, defensively, he's not terrible, so that works out good. And so I think you're right. The rise of those players with McDaniel's Ant. I mean, we got really young now. Um, besides the point guard and uh, and Cat and so on. So. You know, the talent is there, Chris. It's getting it together, getting it moving in the right direction. Um, that's the way to go. And, again, just congratulations to Ant. I think it's a year early, but I'm happy that he made it. So it's like it was big to him, big to the squad, and I think big to the franchise that you get an all-star. It's, you don't really want to be all-star list for a franchise. And Like I said, if people are going to get a good look at Anthony Edwards during the all-star game and figure out that uh, he's a pretty darn good player. If they didn't know that already, they're they're about to find out. Yeah, and I 100% believe him when he says, hey, man, if they give me that ball and give me some time, I'm going to go for the MVP because that's just the, the type of player he is. And, and now, does that mean Nas Reed, who, you know, assumingly, well, he's definitely going to get, you know, some sort of larger contract, whether it's a two-year deal, four-year deal in the neighborhood of 8 or $10 million a year, he's definitely going to get something. So a matter of – it'll be interesting to see if he stays here or uh, if he does leave in the off season, but it was just, it was, we talked about this last week too, with, without not knowing when Cat's going to come back and Rudy, even with this hamstring, it seems, you know, he's playing, he hasn't been playing on back to backs. Hopefully he plays tonight. Um, it just, it's too dangerous. You know, it's just too dangerous to lose him right now. And then it, it, it's big for Noel too, because that's our two free agents, Nas and Noel next year. So, uh, both of that, I mean, Nas has kind of already did his thing for numerous years, and Noel has shown something, but as far as, like, can he stick around as a true six-man, that'll be kind of interesting to see uh, because we do have uh, – and we should mention the rookie guard. I think on his last year of his rookie contract that we did get, uh, Finch did coach him a few years back, I think, as a rookie. He is a shooter. I don't know if he'd play off the bench or be a depth piece or, or maybe just the throw-in to make the trade work. Uh, that could be, too. So it, it's definitely, you know, going to be key to see how, you know, Nas and Noel finish the season. But I think that we we had to keep Nas. Uh, yeah. Even if he goes in the offseason, you know, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, give up something major to get him anyway. We developed on him. You know, develop them, uh, you know, off of uh, not out of the first round. So I mean, um, it is what it is. But yeah, I think it was smart to keep Nas, man. It was hard not to, really. Nas has saved us the last couple seasons with Cat's uh, wrist 
for a while, and then you know, he takes these extended uh, injury uh, breaks during the season. And without Nas, it's just really hard to tell where we would be because he's just a guy that can come in and fill. Is he cat? No, but uh, he does offer something. And uh, it's necessary coming in, in during the course of a season to have a big like that who can do some things and defensively play pretty well and, you know, hit a three from time to time and just play pretty solid basketball. Uh, you know, this year he's made a lot more like splash plays, I would say, uh, that I've noticed, um, you know, but there's no Vando, there's no everybody else to take this place. So he's got to step up into that role and make some plays and, you know, I think he's just you can't you know you can't live without him at this. So I really hope that they sign him, and I think that's probably what their plan is, and they see it the way we see it. Um, that you just gotta gotta have him if you're gonna have Cat and Gobert, you're gonna lose some injury time, and you gotta have another big that can come in and and play effectively uh, in their absence. And that's really Nas's best attribute at this point. Um, I think is just his availability throughout the course of the season. It's just always there, and even when the other guys aren't. So, um, and then you know, I guess Noel, you he, he needs to develop into the six. But you know, can you find another six man? I don't know. Uh, one that's integrated into your system and, and can light it up. I I don't know. If you can find that, I guess it makes him a little more expendable. But those are the like you mentioned. Those are the guys you develop. You want to keep them in the system. Um, as, as long as you can, um, obviously, if they're asking for more than we can pay, or, or but I think those contracts are pretty set NBA-wise, but I'm not sure, Chris. I think you're a little better with contracts than I am. But um, obviously, you want to keep those two around. Yeah, Prince, guys like Prince who you develop, those type of guys, um, that's kind of your franchise there, and, and you want to be able to do that. Now you can add uh, Garza into that as well, um, although you know, I guess you could say we're working on developing him at the moment. Yeah, and I wouldn't doubt if that's, you know, Nas this season is a must. And ever since he lost that weight two seasons ago, he's been able to drive, like you said, the splash nasty dunks this year. And a little bit last year, too. He didn't get as much playing time because Scott was playing, like you said. But, yeah, man, he, the last two years he's really stepped up his game. He's not a great rebounder. Uh, can make defensive plays at times, other times. You know, he's not necessarily a big presence in there, but he's been huge for us. But as far as, like, you know, next year, that is tough because if he wants a four-year $10 million, you know, we already have two bigs in our in our lineup. We already have Anderson, who would be coming off the bench, and then Prince as well, which is power forward, small forward. So it's like, man, I, I, I don't know where that puts Nas this offseason. Um, but it was a must to keep him, no doubt about it. Uh, do you kind of have a vibe of, uh, we're going to go one and one, maybe lose, uh, at Dallas tonight and then beat Washington at home? Or maybe we, you know, maybe we have a big win at Dallas. I mean, at Dallas right now would be a big, big win. Just, you know, then I think we beat Washington for sure, but I think we beat Washington kind of feeling like we're going to go one and one, but. Then again, you know, because they're both two scorers, maybe we can get maybe our defense and McDaniel's matches up pretty well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they put. You know, are they going to put Amp right on Kyrie right away, or will that be Conley for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, that that'll be interesting to see these new matchups. But maybe they just have some bad shooting nights and we get the dub. But I, I think minimum we got to go one and one before the break comes after Thursday. 
Um, but man, if we could go two and zero, that'd be something. But it feels like one on you know one and one uh, at the minimum, though. Probably. I mean, I think you put uh, McLaughlin on not McLaughlin, but uh, McDaniel's on Kyrie. If you want to, you know, play with that a little bit, a little size. I think he's got foot speed, can hang out. Maybe hang. Ah, that's tough though. Kyrie's quick as shit. I don't know. That's a tough matchup, man. Because you, maybe you want to put McDaniel's on Luca too. I. It's he does tough. A good job against Luca too. So I don't know. I mean, you got to take a good defender and hope Connolly can maybe stick with Kyrie a little bit. Um, but it, it depends on how motivated Kyrie is as well. I mean, he could be off in the clouds too. You never know. But it's like you said, it seems like he's going to uh, be pretty motivated for at least the end of this season. And that makes Dallas tough. So I think you lose that one. They might, they have to gel too, but I think they're going to be quicker at it than, than we are and just a little bit uh, more talented without Cat in our lineup. And then Washington, you think you have to win that one just to kind of save face, Chris. You can't just drop a bunch of games after the trade. People are going to freaking out more than they normally are. Um, well, this is a terrible trade. See what happens. It'll just be horrible. And uh, but you know, I think you hope for one and one. You could possibly go zero oh, and two here, but then you have to pick it up against Charlotte. And then, you know, that West Coast stretch, Chris. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. Is going to be really kind of the tail of the tape because it's it's a murderer's row in in a sense. And you know, you're on the road, and it's going to be tough. So. You want to pick up the games you should, so you should beat Washington yeah. here. So let's go one and one, um, and that's optimistic. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, you can be a little bit more together than Dallas and manage to sneak a win out of there. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope that they do. We'll be back next Monday. Like you said, we'll we'll go in. We'll, you know, Gophers got another game here. They actually had some days off because they had a spread of COVID. Couple other uh, college teams. There's over 300 teams, but have, have just randomly had that same thing. But they took a, uh, I think three or five days off. Like I said, I liked what they did against Iowa. Um, they didn't win, but considering who they have out and they're playing, you know, four freshmen, I, I did like the effort there. So we'll definitely have a, you know, a, a longer segment for Gopher basketball fans the next week. But we'll be back next Monday. Uh, go Timberwolves tonight. Let's see if we can get the upset. I think they're, they're six and a half point. I think it opened at seven and a half, and now it's six and a half. So maybe we can get lucky, but either way, one and one. We'll see you next week. Peace.